Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission Media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a program for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the program for pastors and church leaders. This is Andrew Cook. It's great to be in your company again. Christian Basics, more on the topic of salvation. As we continue our Christian Basics series looking at the Bible's teaching about salvation, let's start with an illustration. Many of you will be familiar with cooking, but for those who've never done much of this at all, then having the guidance of someone more experienced is invaluable. It might be your mother or your wife or the use of a cookery book with the right recipe. And something you'll become aware of very quickly is the necessity of having all the right ingredients. If you leave something out, then it can be quite disastrous and embarrassing, especially when baking a cake. Now, that may sound rather amusing, but it raises a principle which, when applied to our relationship with God, does have a very serious side to it. You'll recall that last time here on Serving Today, Dr John Hall, who's helping us with this series, showed us from the Bible that a person becomes a child of God by being converted. John went on to show us that conversion has two essential elements or ingredients to it, namely repentance and faith. Now, just as with cooking, the correct ingredients are essential for a good outcome, it is even more so with becoming a true child of God. A person must, and I repeat, must both repent and have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If we leave either of these out, then we are not true children of God. We must have both. And not only that, Each of these also have their own ingredients, all of which are essential for true repentance and true faith. With that in mind, Derek French spoke with John Hall for us and asked if today he would start to open up the biblical teaching about repentance and tell us what its ingredients are, and this is what he said. The Bible uses this word repentance, and it means a change of mind or purpose. There's also another word which can mean a turning back or returning. Incorporated in this change of mind, there is also sorrow for the past life. One old catechism, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, defines it like this, and we shall take bits of it at a time to make it easier to follow. It says, repentance unto life is a saving grace. This means the change of mind leads to eternal life. And this change of mind is a gift from God. Derek, could you read for us Acts eleven eighteen, please, which shows this. Yes, certainly, John. When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. So you see there, a gift from God, God has granted it, and what he's given the Gentiles was repentance unto eternal life. The Catechism goes on, Repentance unto life is a saving grace whereby the sinner, out of a true sense of sin and an understanding of and laying hold of the mercy of God in Christ. So that's as far as we're going at the moment with that. It's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? But before we go on, let's explain it. 
the sinner sees they have sinned against God. Derek is, is going to read for us in a moment Acts 2, 37 and 38. This is at Pentecost, Peter preaching. And the people heard that Jesus, whom they had crucified, was now risen and exalted. And what a great sin against God it was to have rejected his Messiah. Please read those verses for us now, Derek. Yes, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the people on hearing this did turn from sin. They had a true sense of sin which we're looking at. And they did lay hold of the provision God had made in Christ. They saw Jesus as the Saviour and they trusted him. And they showed that trust by being baptised. So they did understand and lay hold of God's mercy to them in Christ. The attitude of the person repenting and laying hold of Christ is next described in our definition. The person does with grief and hatred of sin turn from it to God with full purpose and endeavour after new obedience. So there's sorrow over sin too. There's a hatred of it. You see its bad effects, but above all else, you see it in relationship to God, how it offends God. And so you leave it behind. In a previous programme, we saw with Zacchaeus, the tax collector in Luke 19, he stopped cheating and made restitution to all those he had stolen from. After this, after you've had sorrow from sin and turned from it, your new life, the changed life when you've trusted Christ, is a life where you're determined to live for God and obey his word. And we will look at the scriptures which support this in a moment or two. But before we do this, Derek, could you just read again for us the whole definition so we've got it clearly in our mind? Yes, John, the definition reads, Repentance unto life is a saving grace, that is something God gives whereby the sinner, out of a true sense of his sin, and an understanding of and laying hold of the mercy of God in Christ, does with grief and hatred of sin turn from it to God, with full purpose of and endeavour after new obedience. Now, John, I think we need to go over that a bit more closely because Mm. there's such a lot there and it will give us a clear understanding of of true repentance, each aspect of it, because I think being so long, there's the possibility we might leave part of it out and then we've not truly repented, have we? No, we haven't. True repentance, you know, Derek, is a very rare thing these days, even amongst those who call themselves Christians. It's rare because it's a very painful experience. To repent means you experience the pain of your past life and sin. So it's not popular or attractive. But Jesus said that without repentance, people would perish. And so without repentance, there is no true Christianity. So let's start out. It starts with conviction of sin, by which I mean knowing you are a sinner, knowing that God considers you a sinner. It's an awareness that you have done wrong in the eyes of your creator, done wrong in the eyes of God. Jesus told a story of a young man who demanded from his dad his inheritance. The dad gave him that inheritance and the young man left home and spent it all on wild living. 
and then he hit hard times. There was famine, he had no money, all his friends left him. He had to tent pigs, and he had to eat the pigs' food. He was hungry. And in that desperate state, he thought of home and how his father's servants were well provided for. So he decided he'd go back and just be a servant. But then he said these very interesting words in Luke fifteen eighteen. Please read for us, Derek. Yes, they're very personal, aren't they, and mm. searching. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Notice that. He was conscious that sin was not just against his father, but that he had sinned primarily against heaven, against God. You see, sin has always got to be seen in relationship to God. It's the God who made us, who sets the standard. And so to fall short of his standards is sin. And to recognise that and feel the seriousness of it is where repentance starts. John, why is it so hard for us to reach that position then, where we admit our guilt, as was the case for this man? Well, we're all born, Derek, with rebellious hearts. We, we long to do our own thing, to set our own standards, to meet our own goals. We long not to do what God has told us to do. And so to recognise that God is our boss and that we must obey him is impossible for us unless God helps us. Once we've reached that stage, the pain has only just begun because we've got to admit that our past life has been lived completely in a wrong sort of way, ignoring God and doing things that God said are wrong. So to admit that you've done wrong and have been wrong for 10, 20 or 30 years or more or a whole lifetime means losing face, means feeling pain. And as you realise you're a sinner, you see its consequences in relationship to God. You see death and judgement and hell, and it's frightening. You also feel the misery of it. Let's now look at the next bit of repentance, grief and hatred of sin, a feeling sorry for sin. You've sinned against the love and mercy of God. You've ignored his son Jesus. You've gone your own way. You've dishonoured God by the way you've lived. King David, in the Old Testament, as one of God's people, sinned terribly. There was adultery, lying, murder, a hard heart. But once Nathan the prophet had made him see that, he wrote Psalm 51 in sorrow for sin. It's a lovely psalm and you should read it all at the end of the programme. Derek's going to read us the first four verses of Psalm 51. David writes, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgression. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. See here the passion, the feeling. God is loving and compassionate. And so he longs, does David, to be forgiven and cleansed. In spite of the sin being against Uriah and a nation, he goes to the heart of the matter of what sin really is, as rebellion against God, and he says, Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, speaking of God. He realises he deserves God's judgment and cries out, Save me from blood guilt. O God, the God who saves me. And my tongue 
will sing of your righteousness. He turns to God. He cries out to be saved from the consequences of his sin. And he's determined to live differently. He wants a clean heart, a new heart. So we've seen that true repentance means a change of mind in our attitude to our own sin. And it's made up of various ingredients and we've looked at two of these today. Namely, that we admit we have sinned against God and that we are deeply sorry, even grieved that we have transgressed against his love and mercy so that we now hate our sin. This is a very humbling experience but necessary because God gives grace to the humble but resists the proud. The heart that refuses either to admit its sinfulness or to be saddened at having offended God has not truly repented and therefore has not been a recipient of God's salvation because it is a salvation from sin. This is not the whole story and we'll have to continue our look at repentance next time but it is vitally important that we all ask ourselves are these things true of us, true of you, true of me? And there we must close our time together here on Serving Today. This is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May the Lord graciously be our teacher and lead us in the right path. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can now send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Until next time, goodbye.